Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The trade deadline has come and gone. Flyers fans, we're more than angry about the state of this franchise now. Let's talk about it all right now. This is the Orange and Backcheck Podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. This is episode 144 of Orange and Backcheck. As always, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and DraftKings Sportsbook. Use promo code THPN when signing up. And give us a follow on all our social platforms in the description below. TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. At Orange and Backcheck, at O-Backcheck on those respective platforms. We are happy to have you as always. Scott, have you come to see the light? How are you today, sir? Well, actually, there's light on my face today because we're doing this during the morning. But listen, I, I want to be upfront here. I will be using explicit language today. So you might want to hide your children because if I say some words, you know, their heads could explode. They could be interested in drag shows. They might want to go buy guns. And then they might want to tell women what they want to do with their bodies. So, you know, just because I say a few words so that I, I should give that disclaimer beforehand. Right, Bill? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, this is this is going to not be a fun episode. If you are expecting the typical, if this is going to be an abnormal episode. Abnormal episode is what I should really say. Is if you are looking for me, the negativity, negative Nancy person, and then Scott trying to shine the light and say it's not as bad as you think because it got. I think Scott, this is. Whatever we thought was the lowest point of the season, and it actually you know, might have been, or lowest point for this franchise in general, might have actually been last year, also against the Rangers at the Wells Fargo Center, when the first takeover happened uh, for this team in the Wells Fargo Center, surrounded by blue shirts. You thought that was the lowest point. Then it happened again, and I think there was actually even more Rangers fans this season at that particular game just a couple uh, of nights ago. Then you're like, oh, okay, well, that sucked. But at least the trade deadline's here. They'll get a good return for someone like JVR. Maybe dish out a guy with tenure like Kevin Hayes, even TK. Or, uh, well, you can't trade TK because he's hurt. But I, 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 I digress. None of those things happened. Other than the Rangers taking over this Wells Fargo Center again. To say that anyone has trust in this organization anymore mainly Chuck Fletcher, are lying to themselves. Like, there's no trust in It's completely shattered. All trust is gone. Anyone that goes to these games, including myself or you, when we are fortunate enough to go to the games, shouldn't spend a dime. Should, like, find free parking on the, on the, the, the shipping sites 
the tr- the trucking services that are closed around that time. Just park there. Like don't don't give them any of your money than you already have if you're a season ticket holder. If you're going, just go through. If you're fortunate enough to go, maybe just try and go. Uh, not paying a single pe- penny. We're in worse conditions than I ever could have thought of for this franchise. And I think it's reaching a boiling point. This is going to be a very interesting offseason. That's all I have to say. Like after a trade deadline, like what just happened, where you trade three meaningless players, like truly meaningless players for this franchise that had no future with us anyway, and you got no return whatsoever, basically. Like I could give a flying crap about Brandon Lemieux because he's a UFA. Chuck Fletcher should have been fired two, three days ago, and he's still on the roster, and that scares the crap out of me because he's going to probably lead us in the offseason. Somehow, he's like a Howie Roseman, but worse with the dirt he has on Dave Scott or something. Like he's always the only thing I can think of. Only thing. Listen, I know you mentioned a couple minutes ago that I try to shine a light in this podcast. Well, the only light that I'm shining is up Chuck Fletcher's ass because that's where his head's at, all right? And so, uh, look, Howie Roseman is not a fair comparison, first of all, because Howie learned from his mistakes and was able to build a Super Bowl contender, won a Super Bowl, and then within five years, a brand new team got them back to the Super Bowl. So Howie, yes, while his runway gets small and it gets long and it gets small and it gets long, they're patient with him because he's proven that he could done it. What the fuck has Chuck Fletcher proven in the last five years at this point? Now, I'm going to first of all come and say I defended this man for the longest time because I'm like, you know what? We've seen his track record in Minnesota. Yes, that he have some issues there, you know, but generally he, he drafted good talent. The talent here that he has that he's drafted, I thought has been good, but I haven't seen the issues on the NHL roster be corrected in, in a right manner. Now, we can go back and we can talk about, oh, worst case scenario, worst case scenario. But that's a bigger indictment on the franchise as a whole because they haven't drafted enough talent to be able to replace those guys. So, for instance, like, you know, with Couturier and Atkinson being hurt this year, you didn't have anybody to replace them. You know, with with Couturier, with Hayes being hurt last year, you didn't have anybody to replace them. You were dog shit. And then going back to even when Niskanen left and created this whole problem in the first place with COVID, that you didn't have, you didn't have a plan to replace him in the first place. Just oh, Phil Myers can step into that role, and be a number two. No, he can't. You know, yeah, I don't understand how this team, a very similar team at the time, from 2019 into 2020, before the COVID things happened, got to the second round of the playoffs. Which it does matter. Yes, it was a play around and everything, but it does matter. You want a round of the playoffs. I don't understand. The mismanagement here and just everything so far that of getting to this point where now you're at a bullying point when everybody knows you were on the front page of everything because why? Because the top trade candidate for a, an unrestricted free agent for a rental was available and you couldn't move them. And while whatever, whatever the issue, the argument is about two to tango or that you know you need you need another team to take part of the deal there were maybe deals in place that didn't happen you fucked up dude you fucked up because regardless you could have gotten something it's not the it's the optics of yesterday of of this weekend of of him being not being able to move JVR and the fact that he continuously talked about 
oh, well, I talked to all the top teams. I made, I made, uh, you know, I got two calls in and I made 17 calls out. I'm talking to teams for three weeks. Okay. You talk to every team. You can't tell me there's a team on the bubble that would love to get a guy like JVR who could pop on their second line. Yes, they may not be a playoff team, but a team that's close that could be there next season. Hey, let's do a late round pick for this guy. We have the cap room for this. Let's do that so that way we can probably see if we can get the upper hand in signing him this summer. So that's what I'm saying is that there was no plan whatsoever to look at this and say, what can I do with JVR outside the box to make a move? to make at least something appeasing to the fans because it doesn't help the Flyers right now. It does not help the Flyers. You didn't get something in here or a, a draft pick, a younger player that maybe needed a change of scenery or something like that. You didn't take another contract off the books to try to see if something like that could work in a 20-game sample. I just don't understand the, the, the plan here. And, and it goes more to a point where I was probably wrong to defend him for the longest time because it seemed like Yes, there was a plan. It's not really been described well. It's actionable in place. They do have some young talent in the pipeline. But when you just go and you can't flip, probably the biggest name out there on a team when it's a lost season that nobody wanted to take away tells you two things. First of all, your inability to negotiate and try to make a deal is terrible. And secondly, it tells me you're just at this point, you're fucking incompetent. Like, you're incompetent. Like, a good GM would find a way to get that deal done if you're selling. Like, what the Rangers did a couple years ago. They sold everything. And Chris Drury came into a point where now they've got, they had, a, they had, a, had to run two players shorty on Wednesday because they only had $1,000 in cap space for the day. They couldn't play a full roster. So, like, you, their GMs get creative when they're good. And they just landed Tarasenko a couple of days ago, and then right at the right around the Ted trade deadline, they landed Patrick Kane, Patrick for Kane, a legend in Chicago. Like you find ways to make things work if you're a competent GM. And the underlying issue is clearly that Chuck Fletcher is in over his head. He doesn't know how to rebuild a team. He even said as much, saying that the idea of a rebuild scares him saying that he thought that the use of the word, I think it was retool, was wrong, but he didn't want to do a rebuild because it scared him. Dude, if that scares you in the National Hockey League, in any professional sports league, get out. You are not cut out for this. You don't get out. You get the fuck out. And that's necessary because I, I saw that late last night and I was just flabbergasted because, you know, and granted, I've always argued the rebuild, retool, whatever term you want to use. Shut up. It's stupid. It's just it, whatever it is. I get the point of we're not trading Owen Tippett. We're not trading Carter Hart. We're not trading our younger guys. Okay, I get that. But you're not dumping off the older guys. You haven't done any kind of deals. And maybe there's, there's deals in the works where maybe, you know, we can have these talks again in the summertime or maybe like, you know, and not specifically, he didn't mention Hayes or Provrop, but you know, that's what he's talking about to make some room. But even so, what are you replacing them with? What are you replacing them with? What, what are you replacing them with, Bill? I, 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 that's the point is that that's where I'm flabbergasted is that you're not going to trade your pieces and start from scratch. Okay. I understand that. But what are you doing to gain more assets to make the team better? It's like you're you're comfortable here in limbo. And you know what? 
Maybe I'm starting to, because I've been shining the light so long, maybe maybe my head was up my own ass. But, you know, now I'm starting to see that, like, what what the hell are you doing here, dude? You're, you know, th- this is this is not how you run a professional hockey franchise. It's not how you, you find ways to get shit done. You, we have all of a sudden become the Cleveland Browns, the perspective at Stop least. It. It's getting there, man. Stop it. If More you like- are getting not if if you are this incompetent now, how can we trust you to figure out uh, the generational talent? Not just Connor Bedard. There's generational talent levels in this upcoming draft. You gonna make the right one, Chuck? You gonna make the right pick? Is Danny Briere? Briere, if that happens, it, like. Where do you go from here, honestly? And we'll get to that. But it's not looking good because think about this time around one year ago. They just had uh, done the Flyers Town Hall with season ticket holders. And there was actual movement there. There were legitimate complaints, not just on the hockey side, on the business side, that they had made active moves to fix. And they addressed it. Correct. And they addressed it. Correct. There were issues about like it's too loud. You can argue that it's actually too loud in the Wells Fargo Center because there's not enough fans <laughs> because of the reverb. They made strides to fix these things. Now, and I want you to start I want you to pull up the the clip we were talked about earlier while I talk about this. Now, one year later, they start doing these again. They bring it up again. It looked like it was at the well, or um, it was, like it was at Xfinity Live. It was okay. That's interesting. So Steve Coates is is hosting the event for whatever reason. Well, it's obvious why he is, but it's just funny when Steve Coates makes an appearance like that. And like exactly how they should have felt is responded, and I love it. Uh, go ahead and hit play on this. <laughs> Keep it classy here. You know what, Coatsy? There was someone who also said, like, don't ruin this for everybody. And the guy was like, you're ruining the Flyers. Yeah, you're and ruining. Like, you're the, right. You're, you've ruined some people's entire livelihoods for the last five seasons. It's very rare for, and I know uh, probably Snow the Goalie or some, one of the other podcasts that, that, that we listened to talked about this. Like, this is a GM that has actively made the team worse in his tenure and he still has a job. And then they're going to look at the franchise fan, fan base and say, act classy at these th- these season ticket holder town halls. Dude, fuck off. Yeah. No. No, you're really. Right. Like, fuck off. Yeah. Like, I'm not like there is absolutely sports is the only avenue where people can actively act like that and not be punished in that way. Listen. Like today, we're recording th- Sunday morning. If you're going to the game tonight against Detroit, I hope there. I I'm curious how many paper bags are going to be worn there. Listen, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Okay, I'm gonna. I had a I had a dream last night. No joke. I'm saying this. I didn't tell you this beforehand. I swear to God, this is the absolute truth. Now. I would never go to one of these Flyers Town Hall things because, you know, I'm not going to buy season tickets. So uh, I'm not going to go to one of these things. But I had a dream last night that I was at the Town Hall. 
and I went off. Like I went off on Dave Scott. I went off on Chuck Fletcher. I went off on Barry Hanrahan. I went off on Ian Anderson. All these guys who are behind the scenes going off and saying, what the fuck are you guys doing? Why can't we just have transparency here? Like I'm going off and I, I'm, it's starting like, and it's, it's weird how like this, you ever see Inception? Like this is kind of like an Inception thing. This is this is the problem with the Flyers right now. This is the big issue. And, and, and the biggest issue, believe it or not, isn't Chuck Fletcher. The biggest issue isn't uh, Danny Briere. The biggest issue isn't the product on the ice. The biggest issue is that they're owned by a fucking corporate conglomerate that has no fucking values whatsoever on how to treat people. The only thing you give a flying fuck about is the, fly, is the dollar. And the point I'm saying is that it's because... Since Mr. Snyder died, that environment of the Flyers, the optics of it, okay, has gone downhill down the fucking toilet and it's underneath somewhere under 3601 South Broad Street. You know, this is this whole environment. You talk about like how like players really come out and say, you know, once a flyer, always a flyer, okay? You have all these players come out from the 90s, 80s, 70s, and you know, from when they started in 1967. That they were, Mr. Snyder cared about these guys. Like they cared, he cared about them as human beings. He cared about the fans and thought the season ticket holders were the most important things ever. They were part of the Flyers family. They were just important because the season ticket holders are the biggest supporters of the Flyers because you make your money at the gates. And that passion, and that's what Mr. Snyder really fed on is that the fact that he wanted to always have and push the envelope, which is why, yes. Do you have swings and misses like Ilya Brzgalov's nine-year, $51 million deal? Yes, you have that swing and miss. But you know what? At least he friggin' tried because he knew he was close and he really wanted to get the city of Stanley Cup. You don't see that anymore. You don't. You don't see it from a fucking corporate conglomerate. You don't see it from fucking Dave Scott, who never puts his ass out on TV and says something to the fans. You know why? Because he doesn't know a flying thing about fucking hockey. I don't care if Bill Barber's a special advisor. The fact that that's the problem anyway is, is another is another story that Anthony Sanfilippo will talk about. Uh, if you listen to, 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 to Snow the Goalie, that he talks about. I'm not getting into that one. But the point is, is that the biggest issue here is Comcast. It's the fact that a frigging cable company owns the Flyers. And the fact that they went out and they hired this new CEO isn't to make the Flyers better. It's because they're more scared about the Sixers leaving. Well, you know what? I actually watched the Sixers game last night. It was nice to see them come back and win. And even though I don't know a goddamn thing about basketball, it was awesome to see that come back and I was getting into it. But you know what? I really hope the Sixers go and build that fucking arena in Chinatown because that means that Comcast is making less money and maybe they're not enticing to sell the fucking team. Because at this point, the issue is not just Chuck Fletcher. It's the incompetence of, of, of this corporate entity of Comcast keeping someone clearly incompetent in place and not caring about the fans anymore. And that's the biggest fucking problem that you can have. You are back in the Ed Wade days of the Phillies. You are back in the Norman Brayman days of the Eagles. And you're back in fucking Gene Hinkie land or, or Sam Hinkie land Sam or Hinkie. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam Hinkie land. Yeah. That whatever is going on here with the Sixers, the point is, is that this thing has gone completely downhill. They have no, they, they, on the business side, they listen. Yes, that's fair enough, because you know why? That that can see immediate results. But on the hockey app side, you haven't seen the try to reach out, to try to make moves like that. And if they have, 
They have not been transparent about it whatsoever. And I think at this point, people are frustrated that they've had the Chris Pronger curse here for a decade now because every team he leaves, this thing happens to. They have not been able to crawl out of this hole, whether because it's Ron Hextall's fault, which was his, it started with Ron Hextall. Let's be honest it did. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, really, it started with Paul Holmgren and get the cap issues. But Hextall cleaned it up. But Hextall already had an indictment by not drafting well enough, okay? When you have Jay O'Brien in the first round and he's not even going to sniff the NHL, that's a disaster. When you have Isaac Ratcliffe, he just traded for future consideration and another Hextall pick, guess what? That's a disaster. And again, these guys don't pan out like I talk about all the time, but when you have significant draft picks like that and high draft picks that aren't panning out, that's the bigger problem. Then you have Fletcher coming in and saying, you know what, we're close enough, let's sign Kevin Hayes, okay? I appreciate that time for him to try to reach out and fix that. Okay, let's go get Matt Niskanen. You may get a little bit of a push there, but what have you done since? You've been so focused on trying to fix that defensive problem that you've, you're missing out on town on the front end. You haven't explored other things that what they can do. You had a chance to get Patrick fucking line a one for one for Ivan pro Rob, but you're too scared to pull the trigger on that. That is negligence at its highest because you know why you had a chance for a pure goal scorer at a time that Sean Couturier was healthy. And you could have had something where, hey, man, we got something here. You just traded Jake Voracek, and you still couldn't go get Patrick fucking Line. I just, this is, this, this is the negligence I'm talking about here. It's not just one thing. It's the fact that this corporate entity of Comcast has no idea of what the fans want. There isn't that push because, you know what, they don't give a flying fuck unless you're going down there and spending money. And because all those tickets are on the secondary market, they're already sold. They're saying they have sellouts each night. But you know what the sellout is? The sellout's wearing the other team's jersey. Yep. We'll get to that. I want to get to the one name we really have not mentioned, and that's Tortorella, who had an, it tried to come to the defense, like he should, of Chuck Fletcher and the actions they – or the lack thereof of actions – at the trade deadline. But first, as always, this episode is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. NBA fans, it is time. As Scott said, Sixers are heating up. It's a lot of fun seeing them. The big win the other night or last night against Milwaukee. And it's time to get back into the action with the official sports betting partner of the NBA. And that's DraftKings DraftKings Sportsbook. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. No time wasted. Plus, For a limited time, all new customers and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every single day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Just keep riding the Sixers. They are a roller coaster of a team, for sure. But Embiid is playing better than he ever has. Harden is all of a sudden back to prime Harden. Uh, for the Sixers, so keep riding them. They have one of the toughest schedules remaining, but they are coming and rising to the challenge. Download the app now and sign up with the code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with promo code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. You can see those show notes in the description below for all of those details also f1 is back scott you start betting on that tonight or this morning if you're listening uh around 10 a.m baja rain today max verstappen bet on them decent decent odds love max verstappen so great I hate max. great hate max. great name by the way just listen to <laughs> verstappen 
Like, you know what I mean? That just, just sounds like badass, dude. I'm more of a Lewis guy. I'm not a huge Lewis fan. I'm not because it, it just seems cheating to just root for Mercedes, who are just have dominated up until last year. So, but I like Lewis a lot. Big, Listen, good voice of reason. I, I watched that thing on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Drive to Survive. Like, yeah, I watched a lot of it. And it's like, it's good. I could see the competitiveness in it. It's pretty awesome. But I, yeah, I'd yeah. like to see more content like along that with other sports, stuff like that. Like my, my father in law yeah. really got into like um, uh, cricket. And mm-hmm. it's like, I, I still I don't understand the rules of cricket, but I'm yeah. sure behind the scenes would be pretty intense. Yeah. Um, well, another place that's not very intense is still the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, look, I, I get what John Torello is trying to do the other day when trying to come to the defense of Chuck Fletcher saying that the criticism is unwarranted, which, like, no, Torrance, like, I'm sorry. Like, it, it's completely warranted. You have an unrestricted free agent who's not going to be part of this rebuild, despite not saying rebuild, and you can't get him for anything, fourth round pick, fifth round pick, and some cap relief. Like, it's just, Torts is the voice of reason for this season. Like, he is the only, really, he's the only voice that should be heard in the locker room and in the public sphere. Because he's the most real with the situation of where this team is. I mean, mm-hmm. he he eviscerated the franchise in terms of like lack of respect in the NHL. We don't have we don't have the room or the room we don't have the 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 the, the pedigree anymore, basically, mm-hmm. to have the respect of the NHL. And that's on us. It's embarrassing. He taught. I think he he was alluding to like how the Rangers had com- Rangers fans had completely taken over the Wells Fargo Center uh, this a couple nights ago. Um, I get he's doing a job, but it falls on deaf ears. It truly falls on deaf ears, and I, I don't think any of the reporters fell for it. Um, for the most part, I think they just kind of like let him say his piece and then just move on because. It's just mind-boggling that you had a guy that has value and you let him go. Or you did not let him go. But listen, now that I calmed down a little bit and got the scream out of my system, I'm ready to shine that light again, Bill. Ready to shine a light. Now listen, there is there is a flip side to this. But this isn't what I'm angry about. The flip side is to a did did somebody yeah, it's the Flyers. Apparently they put out there that they they wanted they were gonna retain fifty percent. Yeah, they were looking for a third or fourth round pick. Okay, it's not that's not large compensation. There's a bigger piece of this, and where where did he fit? Where did he fit on a team? Where did he fit on a contending team? Because JVR thinking about it, he's not really a real defensive guy, so you're not playing him on your bottom six. And if you're in a tight game, are you going to spend three and a half million for a guy who can really just put in front of the net on the power play? I mean, think about it. <clears throat> is JVR a true second line player on a contender? On a, on a contender. Defensively, I, I don't know. I think you'd be a little hesitant as a coach to put him there. So I think that that's probably part of the thing of, you know, that with the with most teams that are contending, they're right up against it. So three and a half million is an ask. But the, you can't tell me that there isn't a player that isn't working out for you that you can't take back. And I get some of it's the chemistry. We've run the flat cap arrow, all that stuff. So there are some intangibles to how that could happen. Absolutely. I can, I can, under, I can see the reasons why he didn't, get traded can see it doesn't mean I agree with it because here's the other side of it too there are 14 or 15 other teams in the NHL that aren't going to make the playoffs this year 
sorry, 15, including uh, 16 total, including the Flyers. There are 15 teams there that, but some of them could be close. Like if I'm looking at the NHL standings, I know there's a couple teams that could be close to maybe a team like Florida. Hey, maybe JVR could help us out on our on our power play a little bit, you know. Uh, let's see, Washington. Washington's in sell mode right now, but hey, maybe we could we could flip somebody out. Uh, let's look at a team like St. Louis or Calgary or Nashville. I mean, Nashville got five picks for Tanner Janot, and yet the Flyers can't even get one pick for uh, for 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 JVR. Listen, that's my point: is that there's other teams out there that would have had an opportunity that might be a little closer, maybe like, you know, Vancouver's maybe a stretch because they're in the same situation as the Flyers, maybe like the Blues or something. Hey, you know what? We have a chance to get this guy. He's a veteran. Could be good for your locker room. Could be good for your younger guys. Let's get him here in our 20-game sample, and then let's go ahead and uh, if we can we can sign him to a contract in the offseason, you know, maybe around the three-and-a-half figure, we can make that work with our cap. You tell me there's not one team in the league that wouldn't do that deal? You're not telling me there's one team in the day that wouldn't be able to make a foot, make some sort of move, or maybe even be like, hey, look, you know, I, we could have to retain 50%, and then I need you to take back this guy's contract because he might have a he might have a little bit of term here. But Chuck said, I don't want to take a guy with term. Okay. If you're not going to take a bottom six player with term, like, you know, he's on a million dollar, $2 million deal, you're, and you're, you're going to free up some space this offseason, you're not going to do that. Like, I'm just saying is that the intangibles here, I can see why he wasn't traded, but there's just so much more that you could have done. The fact is that you just sat with your hands, you know, sitting on your hands, you didn't do anything is, is, is the biggest reason why people are frustrated because you, you didn't see that effort. And that, and that's that, and that that's that's why it's the difference between Snyder and, and, and the fly and Comcast yes. and this team. That's the biggest difference. They didn't try. And I think that's why people are pissed off the most. They didn't try. E- even if they had a deal in place that Chucker, Chuck Fletcher was like, eh a little hesitant on there's like he would not have pulled the trigger because he said it himself he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild or he the idea of a rebuild scares him but that's where you are man you're dealing with a franchise that is in rebuild if you don't think you can do this job leave whether that is on your own volition uh volition or the flyers dave scott whoever and that leads me to where do we go from here, man? If you're a fan, if you're a player, if you're torts, how do you like not just capture the trust again of the fan base because it's gone? There, no matter, even if there is a some some schmuck in South Philly that is still dying for the Flyers, saying I'm still in, I trust what this is doing. How do you get the other 99.9% of the team or the, the fan base back in your uh, true gra- uh, good graces? I don't think there is a way until you fire everyone, including who we thought was the next GM in Danny Briere. You can't have anyone that was in 30 feet of Chuck Fletcher at running this franchise anymore. You have to go, you have to get creative. You have to go to other franchises and say, uh, go to an assistant GM, a, a a scouting director, somebody that has pedigree and has built up a team like Detroit, like St. Louis, like one of these teams and say, what did you do? How can you help us rebuild? How are you going? Like the first question in when you after you fire Chuck Fletcher, hopefully, 
because I still have no faith that they're actually going to do it. But you have to say, are you scared? Like the first question now has to be, are you scared of a rebuild project? Because if they say yes, then they're out. Yeah, they have to be. They have to be. I, and I, look, it's embarrassing that we had a GM literally say that he is scared of the rebuild process when we're a bottom six team, bottom eight team. Honestly, you're going to land a top ten pick this year, and you're not, and you're not uh, fully on board with a rebuild. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you, Chuck. Like I'm out. I I, I, I agree with that. And listen. Shining light again here, Bill. Not gonna lie. I, 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 oh, go ahead. I'll let you do this. it. Um, I un- I understand what he's saying. I understand. Do I agree with it? No. I think rebuild as a term of tearing down and rebuilding, like the Rangers did a few years ago. With with uh with uh, hang on the, before you start it, but it's on. fine. But why did you hire a coach that is so forefront with saying that we're not just rebuilding, we're building the footers? I think because they do have the talent in place there. They don't. They, they, they don't they, have the hang, talent, Scott. Hang, hang on. I think they, they have, don't. They, I think they view internally. Can I Can I, Can I? I give you the flip side Go ahead. of the argument? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now I'm the calm one, Bill. I'm the calm one now. I got it all out of my system, Bill. Okay. Here's, here's the flip side of this. I think that they look at this as court because he made a good point yesterday. He did make a good point. He he doesn't he has no interest in trading guys like Carter Hart and Owen Tippett and the younger players. No one's be there. legitimately asking him to trade those players. But that's your core. That's your core of your younger team going forward. And then what do you add around it? I mean, Cutter Gauthier, you're not gonna trade Cutter Gauthier. But the issue here's the here's the bigger issue. Here's the bigger issue. Bigger issue is that they're, they're still, you know, you talk about the mediocrity and everything. They're still middle of the pack when it comes to their prospects. I mean, their top prospect is Cutter Gauthier. If if you give me the line of we're the most, we're the fifth most improved team, I'm going to fucking lose it, man. That was an embarrassing line. Compared to last year, they are only 14 points out of a playoff spot right now. I don't care. <laughs> They're 14 I legitimately don't care. With it's 20 just games like, to go. It's just like Chuck. I, I, I'm sure other people caught this. I haven't seen anything. But in addition to that, we're the fifth most improved non-play, whatever the verbiage was, was that was a total fucking charade of what this team is. He also said, well, we're excited about guys like building around Cutter Gauthier. Dude. Cutter Gauthier has – why are you mentioning him in the likes of Joel Farabee and Morgan Frost? I understand you trying to convince yourself that Morgan Frost and Joel Farabee and Carter Hart are your future core. That's fine. I can wrap my head around that. Cutter Gauthier is an unknown prospect. You have no idea what you have with him at the professional level. I know he is playing very well up there in Boston right now for the college. But you have no idea what he is. If you're, I guess that really signals to me it of anything, of anything that can get me excited for April, the last games of April and in the end of March this season, is the idea of immediately as soon as Boston University's college days uh, season is over. Whether they make the Frozen Four or not, I don't know. I know Penn State, my alma mater, is going to be in it probably. That's the only thing I know about the Frozen Four this year. You, If you are planning to sign Cutter Gauthier to his three-year entry level immediately as soon as his season is over in Boston, that is exciting. 
That is the only thing that it seems exciting for the remainder of this season. However, you don't lump him into the core conversation of this team yet. You have no idea what you have. Yeah, well, you have, he's, he, he's, their, he's their biggest piece of talent. You're banking on him. I understand that, but you don't. You don't lump him into the core conversation yet. That is so stupid on so many levels because you set up a level of expectation, not just for the fan base, but for Cutter himself. Now, I don't know the guy. I don't know what his mental capacity is. I don't know if we're dealing with a guy that has the mental capacity of Carson Wentz or Markel Fultz, where as soon as you put something like that on him, he snaps like a twig. Or he has the mental capacity of LeBron James and Michael Jordan. Like, I have no idea. Nobody does. Because I've seen stuff say he is the second coming of Wayne Gretzky to he might be a suitable winger on the third line. That's the range I've heard. He's on a nice career path to a top six forward, Bill. Nobody knows yet, but... This is this then is why is with, Chuck saying that he's part of the core? Because, he's not. He cause, might cause be. It's the only talent they have in the pipeline. Let's be. And what does that tell biggest, you? Well, that's my point. The second biggest prospect, the second ranked prospect for the Flyers, is Cam York, who pretty much is a full time head. He's a full time flyer. And, I mean, he's so down he's still, now. So that means. We have no idea what Tyson Forrester is. We have no idea. Well, they just traded Isaac Rodcliffe, so that's that. Um, Bobby Brink. You still have Bobby Brink in the works. You still have Bobby Brink, Rupstov, or Rubistov, whatever. He's never. He's not making the. Elliot the, Denya. The, uh, yeah, who just made his NHL debut. Sam Erson. <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying, Bill. Zane Winston, uh, Wisdom. Uh, Wherever you know, we go from here, the lowest point of this season, and actually. You and I saw this before. Was the Rangers taking over the Wells Fargo Center? Mm-hmm. We've yeah, seen this now two years in a row. Yeah. I think the only difference is it was even more than what we saw because it was well, nationally televised, and it was nationally televised. Last year was not last year, te- but I'll tell you what, that game we went to last year, Flyers Rangers, with the it Flyers seems similar. I'll tell you what, it similar. It was the exact same thing, dude. When the Rangers score, and it was of course Mika Zibanejad on the power play. Early in the game, it it was same same thing. As soon as dude, when Zabanajan scored, people went nuts. It like shocked me. I was like, oh my yeah. god, there's a it lot of Rangers fans here. Yeah, and to your point, wild. and to your point, that's all Comcast Comcast Spectrum. I don't care what color jersey they you're just wearing. want butts and seats, and they haven't had orange and black in butts and seats for four seasons now, and they're not getting any more. So they'll take the away teams. They'll take Pittsburgh fans. They'll take Rangers fans. They'll take Devils fans. They'll take Washington fans. Mm-hmm. They don't care about it other than their bottom line, and that's the problem. People are up in arms about this arena being taken over this year. It's how bad things got. No, you didn't see it last year. Last year was worse. Last year, like, there's a lot of Rangers. Fans I wouldn't there. even say it was worse. It was about the same though. Like, it, like nothing has changed. It's still the same trajectory of Correct. just Correct. away fans. And, and some people that are just are, waking yeah. up to see it now. And, and yeah, that's that's why I'm out. Like, we've seen it. And, and and to your point about it being a national televised game, like as soon as it's nationally televised, it gets on. Everybody's radar, TNT, ESPN, uh, and obviously the local beat writers. I mean, I know a lot of beat writers said it was the worst they've ever seen, and I'm sure it was. Like, but I really think like this was a thing that was at equal level, if not a little bit more 
than what it was last year like that we saw. So, like, I, that's not why they're going to fire Chuck Fletcher. But, like, Tort said, we made our own bed. This is where we are. This is because of the 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 standings of our of our franchise at the moment we have no respect in the NHL and that's why I have this like continuing back and forth in my respect why well, I've respected him in my my outlook on torts as a coach because someone on Twitter I can't remember who it was brought up a decent point like Fletcher's the voice of re- or excuse me torts is the voice of reason right now for the Flyers but looking on the trajectory of this team is he even going to be here when they're good? Like, legitimately. I know you're saying that they might be a playoff team last year. I don't think they will be. Like, I, I, I think we're going to be a little bit better. Maybe a bubble team for the playoffs. But I don't see that. It, like, it depends what happens. If they, look, I mean, they're, they're, I'm not going to use it as a smoke screen. This is not what it is, Bill. This is not what it is. Until they figure out what's going on at center, they're not going to do anything. They're not, and that, and that, that's just because they, you need your you need your top talent down the middle. You don't have one since Scott Lawton is your best center right now. You, that's a problem, you know that. And, and Noah Cates, you, that's a problem. You can't have those two guys as your top centers. You got to see what happens with Couturier. Okay, and they got to see what happens with that. Is he able to come back and play a couple games a season to get see if he can, you know, uh, just uh, see how he holds up. That would be beneficial if that happens. You got to figure out in the offseason what you're doing. If you're trading Kevin Hayes, you're then you're down another center again, essentially. Even though they moved him to the wing, you got to figure out what you're doing there. Who's I really available? think what's out I, there. I think it really is going to depend on how they land in the lottery. Because like, like we have heard, Connor Bedard is the crown jewel of what this draft is this year. But there's some really good talent at center, at forward. At, uh, you can get a generational talent, basically, in this draft. Just really depends on where you fall. I think they're now they're back down to eight. They're hovering around seven, eight, nine. They they've like for their pick. Um, so they'll get. I think the best they can get if they stick at eight is seven, or like obviously they can get the top pick, but they they have a chance of getting seven. They have a best chance of getting eight, and then nine, and then getting getting one. But but Bill Bill, I I really I really want to make a point. I really really think it's important to make this point. That um, that it, it doesn't matter if they get Bedard or not this year. So, for instance, here's why. Okay, the Flyers traded for Eric Lindros in 1992. Okay, 1992. So the start of the 92-93 season, 93-94 season. Okay, that's two seasons there. The Flyers didn't make the playoffs till the, with Lindros until the lockout shortened 94-95 season. Okay. That's when they really started their turnaround of really being a, a, a really contending team with Lindros. That was two seasons after he started. Two seasons. That's fine. I, I understand that. But the difference in that compared to what we have been dealing with as Flyers fans for the last five years is there's a future. Because you have that generational talent, you get butts in seats for those additional – you get time in those two seasons where you don't make the playoffs because of what you have in the pipeline. Because of what you have on the ice. Because Connor Bedard, no matter where he goes, whether he goes to Columbus, whether he goes to Philly, whether he goes to San Jose, whether he goes to Vancouver, or wherever. Right. But he, he is going to be on the ice opening night on tw- in 2023 of October. In October. He's not... He's an, an attractive asset 
if you want to get technical with how they the the franchise will view him. He is a valuable asset that can build a franchise. You have your pieces. Like your core, I, I know I just went on a rant about how Cutter Gauthier should not be discussed as part of the core. But a guy like Connor Bedard, who's immediately on the ice in October of 2023, if you are fortunate enough to get him, is your core, becomes part of your core. And he knows that. That's the difference. Look how quickly things could change. And I know we're going to be talking about Bedard up until the final, until we find out who who's getting that draft or that draft lottery. Yeah, when is um, the draft that's lottery? That's why I literally usually... was going to look that up. Uh, I, I need to say one thing here, Bill, and I need you to 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 take the light that I shine here, okay? And I need you to I need you to look at it. But let's let's look past Chuck Fletcher. Let's look past. But and I want to make a point. People who clamoring for Danny Briere and all that stuff. He's been special assistant to the GM since when? For what two seasons now? At least, so, yeah, yeah. I would say roughly two seasons. Like, let's let's let, let's look at two comparable people who are now general managers. One of them is Bill Guerin in Minnesota. Uh, Billy Guerin was the um, the assistant general manager of uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins from 2014 uh, until 2019, and then he became the GM of the, uh, the what's it called the the Wild. Some good years to be part of the Penguins organization. And correct, and then also you have uh, well, hang on, Chuck Fletcher won a cup with the Penguins in 2009 with Render Ray Shiro, who I would think would be a dark horse candidate for someone coming in here and being a thing. I keep an eye on that if they do get rid of Fletcher. Um. There is also Chris Jury. Chris Jury, a teammate of Danny Briere's, of in September 2016 was promoted to assist AGM of the Rangers, and then in 2021, um, when they cleaned house with John Davidson and Jeff Gordon, Jury got promoted in 2021. So really, the 2021 season into 2022 was his first full year of of um of that. So a lot of the the younger talent that you're seeing really was 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 John Davidson and, and Jeff Gordon. So like that's what you have to understand, like. You know, let, let's take a little history thing here. Like, D- Davidson and Gordon may not have been able to get to see the job done, and, and Drury was. And also, that was either the same thing as well with, with Ray Shiro. Uh, Ray Shiro, he, while he did make moves to get them over the top, a lot of that building the foundation was Craig Patrick. If, when you're talking about Pittsburgh, you know, with the Flyers, too, like, it wasn't, it wasn't Bobby Clark who made the Lindros change. It was Russ Farwell. So Russ Farwell made the, the Lindros trade, and then you know eventually Bobby Clark was getting the pieces there. And th- let's be honest, like you know, a lot of what today's problems are aren't just Chuck Fletcher. A lot of them are Ron Hextall too. A lot of the pieces you're seeing out there are, are, are Ron Hextall things. As far as like you know, Carter Hart's a Ron Hextall product. You know, Ivan Provorov's a Ron Hextall product. Travis Sanheim. You know, you have uh, what's it called a uh, Travis Konechny. These are all. Hextall guys so you can't you can't fully blame Fletcher for what's going on but my point is is that sometimes the other GM needs to come in to find a see things through and get things to the finish line and, that, and that's an important thing for people to understand so it doesn't matter if if Chuck goes and they bring in Danny Breer maybe Breer's a little different he does things a little differently than Fletcher does but at the end of the day yes while Chuck Fletcher has a big part of the blame here because he hasn't done much here in the five years the moves he has made have been swings and misses and eventually, when you swing and miss too much, you strike out, and it's next batter up. And I think that's where we're at with the Flyers right now. If I'm going to summarize this whole thing, is that that's the that's the truth of where where it is. Yeah, I I just there's no faith anymore. I don't blame anyone if you're not going to watch the games. I think the ratings are already in the toilet. I'm sure if if they 
ever release them for NBC Sports Network or whatever the hell it's called, NBC Sports Philly, whatever. So this is just a waiting game, unfortunately. That's all this is. So, um, yeah. All right. With that, that is going to do it. Episode 144 of Orange and Backcheck. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure you are subscribed to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Shoot us an email, orangeandbackcheck at gmail.com. Make sure you follow us on all our social platforms in the description below. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all that good stuff. We appreciate you. All we can do is stick it together. And that's all we're going to do. Until next time, have a good one, everybody. Good luck. Again, say something. Say hi. Don't stick your nose on it. Say hi. Hi.